0: Welcome to OK Girl, Let's Talk, a podcast to share our real opinions and chat about dating, our faith, pop culture, and more. So grab a glass of wine or a cup to spill the tea as we laugh through a real conversation on living our best Black women lives. OK, girl, let's talk. So on the third and last episode of our Mental Health series, we will be talking to Naomi Black, Naomi is a LPC here in Atlanta, and she'll be talking to us a little bit about the therapeutic process, what to look for in a therapist, and um, all things surrounding therapy. We are so excited to have her. Um, I'm sorry, I should say I'm so excited to have her. This episode will be a little bit different. Leah and Tisha will not be joining me, Um, so it'll be a bit more of an intimate conversation with Naomi. I met her a couple years ago. While I was working uh, at my former job, and we've been able to stay in touch. And so I'm so excited to bring her on. And without further ado, here is Naomi. So, Naomi, thank you so much for joining us today. Would you mind introducing yourself, telling us what you do? What are your hobbies? How long have you been practicing? And what type of clients you work with?
1: Um, Sure, Morgan. First of all, I want to thank you for having me on. This is definitely an honor and a privilege. Um, So yeah, so I work in the armed services um, in the mental health department. I'm also, I also have my own private practice Circle of Therapeutic Alliance and Consulting. And that practice is located in Stockbridge, Georgia. And the types of clients that I accept, uh, preferably adults and um, senior citizens Um, that are struggling with stress, anxiety, depression, um, any type of mood disorder. I also deal with clients who uh, are having problems regulating their emotions. So I also um, see them as well. And my hobby, um, what do I like to do? I like to work out. I like biking. I I belong to a couple of bike clubs or cycling clubs. Um, and spend time with my family, especially my grandchildren. So
0: I love that.
1: How long have you been practicing? Um, overall for about 10 years.
0: Okay. Awesome. And,
1: cool. uh, yeah. And so I really enjoy it. You know, that is my passion. So I, I look forward to seeing my clients every day and, um, yeah. and, you know, just accompanying them on their journey to success. Yeah.
0: That's awesome. Do you think everyone can benefit from therapy? I recently read some articles about how sometimes like therapy practices are centered more on like European or whiteness. So do you think everyone can benefit from therapy and why?
1: I think everyone definitely can benefit from therapy. I mean, I see my therapist every now and then too, because of the fact that, you know, it's almost like a workout. Um, Instead of going to the gym and working out your muscles, you're actually going to a therapist just to have your your mind um, and thoughts um, massaged and kind of work through some things. Um, So I definitely think that it's beneficial to everyone because sometimes you just want to talk to someone who does not have a buy-in to your life, to um, your perspective. They're there to listen in order for you to decide how you want to live your life and how you want to show up. So I think this therapy is good for everyone.
0: Um, okay. I know there's different types of therapy. Mm-hmm. So it seems like you practice more of like a talk therapy, but can you t- talk to us about art therapy, music therapy, climb therapy?
1: Sure. So art therapy is, is um, I want to say just from my perspective, that it gives a person a chance to communicate through drawing. Communicate their thoughts and their perspectives um, through colors, through shapes. Um, I do remember I had one child who um, he didn't really talk a lot during the session, but he loved to draw. And what he drew is something I'll never forget. And this was years ago that he drew a person and it seemed like they were very angry and he had a red heart and it was broken, he drew a broken heart. Um, and at the time, just a little backstory, he was living with his grandparents because of the fact that his parents were drug, um, they were drug addicts. And he was telling me that he was sad, he was mad and that his heart was broken because of the current situation that he was living with his grandparents and he really wanted to live with his parents. So I think our therapy is very, very beneficial and it can be very, very. It's almost like writing a story to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then music therapy is really good. Um, I love it. I use it to work out. I use it just to sit and think. So I use mu- music therapy in my with my clients because of the fact that sometimes words come through music, and some clients are not able to express what they feel or what they think. But once they hear a lyric, or once they hear a tune, it helps them to open up um, and become more concise with what um, they want to say and how they think. It can definitely be a motivator. And also I use it for uh, when I have sessions with my clients and it seems like their anxiety is escalating. We take a break. We listen to some meditative music. We do some deep breathing. And once they've calmed down and anxiety has subsided, then we can continue on with session with the session. So I really, really love music therapy a lot. I, I use it quite a bit in my practice. And then, um, oh yeah, talk therapy. Yes, I talk all the time, as you can tell. Um, <laughs> just to give others a chance to open up about how they feel and what they think, um, and it. Increases one's listening skills as well, and for my clients to teach them how to express themselves more effectively. So, yeah, I do use a lot of talk therapy. Equine, um, I love horses. I will say that, um, and I think that's another mode of therapy, especially for those who are not um, do not know how to express themselves um, through words and with people, I think horses, or, uh, they have a nature of their own, which they seem to really, um, do well with children as well as
0: adults. So, okay. Awesome. Very cool. And if I were someone who wanted to find a therapist, I wasn't quite sure what type of therapy was best for me. How would I even get that ball rolling?
1: Um, first of all, I think you would have to be okay with therapy and knowing why you're going. And also to be willing to invest in the process because that's a challenge that some of my clients have. So when you're ready for a therapist, uh, one of the major um, platforms that I suggest is of course, Psychology Today. Um, they have a list of, of therapy uh, therapists throughout the Metro Atlanta area. Um, and also, Therapy for Black Girls is another platform. Okay. Um, and you can also just Google a therapist in your area. But I would like to caution those who are looking for a therapist to make sure that it's a good fit. Okay. If, you, if you attend a session or two or three and it seems like the rapport is just not working out, feel free to try another therapist. Don't be afraid to be transparent with the therapist um, because that's the only way that you're going to get some true, you'll receive some true benefits from therapy.
0: Yeah. And so when you're saying looking for a good fit, like what are some things to be looking for? How do you know it's a good fit? All right. So (laughs) looking for
1: to tell if a therapist is a good fit or a good match for you, you won't know until you actually sit down and talk to them. Um, ask questions, go in there with a list of questions because you're interviewing a therapist as if you're interviewing for your life. You want someone that you can trust. You want someone who will not only listen, but give you some ideas and provide some recommendations for you. But most importantly, you want to make sure that you have a therapist that accepts you for who you are and where you are.
0: Yeah. I like that. Yeah. That makes that makes perfect sense. And kind of going into, like, being diverse and include inclusion, how is being a Black therapist in 2020 2021, has that, like, significance changed for you, especially with um, everything going on with, like, the pandemic and Black Lives Matter? Did that kind of affect you a little bit differently or your clients a little bit differently? Um,
1: I will say truthfully that both of us <laughs> have been affected um, drastically. Uh, Being a Black therapist in 2021 has definitely been a game changer in a good way. Um, I would say that as a Black therapist, I've had to deal with my own thoughts and perspectives about what occurred in 2020 on so many different levels, and having to still remain non biased in sessions with, with clients from different types of culturally diverse backgrounds um, has been a challenge for me because everyone deserves to be acknowledged as human beings. And, and as a black therapist, that has definitely challenged me to still look at people as human beings and not to judge them by the color of their skin. Yeah. Um, As a black therapist, We are inundated or I have been inundated with so many clients who are dealing with issues as far as workplace microaggression um, or even in their personal lives, um, how they feel as if they've been treated so unfairly. So it has definitely expanded the landscape of what therapy looks like um, from the lens of a Black therapist like myself.
0: Yeah. Wow. I guess this isn't on the list, um, but like speaking of microaggressions, what's your suggestion or how do you help your clients work through different microaggressions they feel in the workplace? I feel like that's fairly common. It is fairly common and it's accepted.
1: Yeah. Uh, In the workplace with the clients that that I've dealt with, I'm still dealing with. um, I think the first phase is just becoming aware and having the insight of how much it has affected you as a person, um, having to go out and smile every day, regardless of how you're treated at work. And then you come home. It's, it's a lot. That's, that's a hard, that's a hard burden to, to carry and we've been doing it for so long. And so, uh, once the insight and awareness is, is increased, then we have to flush out all the emotions that are related and connected to the microaggression that, um, A client has endured for so long. Um, And then, once we, the next phase after that is self awareness, self discovery, realizing our self worth. Because with microaggression, it's not us, it's the people who exhibit that type of behavior. But we have to also realize that microaggression isn't something. That one is born with. It's a learned behavior. Mm-hmm. And so, realizing that, we also see that those in the workplace that are, that are exhibiting that, we have to have empathy to understand that they just don't know any better. And so, you know, there are processes and procedures in, pli- in place um, that each organization is mandated to have. And so sometimes you have to go through those processes, processes and procedures, to bring it to the forefront for someone in the workplace in a supervisory or leadership position to address it in a professional manner. Mm-hmm. But in the meantime, while that's happening, if that happens, we have to know our self worth, and we cannot be a we we cannot be apologetic for the way we look and yeah. how we
0: yeah. I feel like, um, speaking of, like, being, not being apologetic for how we look, I think that's something that, like, is important to me, and, like, now that I'm, like, you know, have a career, and looking for, you know, not looking for a job right now, but, like, when I do look for organizations, um, like, I want to go to work with my natural hair, and I don't necessarily like straightening my hair. I I don't know how to straighten my hair. I don't want to pay for someone to straighten my hair, but the idea that, in some states, you can be fired for having dreadlocks or you know not having basically you know straight hair is absolutely crazy in my opinion, and so there's a lot of work to do, I think so many different levels there's there's a lot to do <laughs> there's a lot to do
1: it is, and so you just kind of navigate through the waters of all those um stringent um Processes and procedures. Um, Because the other, the flip side of the microaggression is that we have to play a game. And part of it is just knowing the politics. It's not even a game, it's the politics. And for us as people of color to learn how to do that, especially women. um, Mm -hmm. And once you separate yourself from the politics, to who we are in our natural state and how we want to live our lives, the microaggression does not appear to be as important as it used to be. If yeah. that makes sense. And unfortunately everybody is in the polit- politics game, regardless of what they look like. Yeah. Um, and we have to realize that we are mandated. We we have to do it as well and not to to look at it as a, a negative, but look at it as a learning curve um, to take us to a different level at some point in time.
0: Yeah. Wow. Um, Did you practice teletherapy prior to the pandemic?
1: Um, I didn't really practice teletherapy that much prior to the pandemic, but I did have clients who wanted to have a session, but they just weren't able to come into the office. And so that was more of a fluke for me. Oh, well, let's do Zoom. So it was just by accident that I would provide uh, teletherapy prior to Okay. The, the-
0: That's interesting. And so has the pandemic changed the way you practice? Do you um, have like a more formal way of doing teletherapy?
1: Um, to be honest with you, I'm one of those therapists that I accept you as you are. So Mm -hmm. I want you to accept me as I am. So there's times that um, during teletherapy, I might take you every now and then I might take you in the kitchen for me to get some water or, Mm -hmm. but those are clients that I've been with that has been with me for nine months, a year. um, And they understand we have a great relationship. So teletherapy (laughs) has not been, it wasn't, that new to me only because um, the trends for this present time was already predicted five years ago and teletherapy was one of them. And so I did align myself with the trainings necessary to facilitate teletherapy. Um, And I like it. I do because sometimes I can be in the park or my clients can be somewhere relaxed. Mm -hmm. Um, they're not pressured about trying to get to the office. And so I really like teletherapy a lot. It's it's beneficial not only for the therapist, but for the clients as well. And it's it's just as effective actually. Um, but it depends on the client's preference. Now I do have clients who prefer to come into the office. And so I do offer that once a week on Tuesdays, um, in the evening for them to come in face to face.
0: Okay. I like that. It seems like it's also able to integrate like into your client's life so much easier when you have to stop everything and drive across town um, and just to be able to be outside. It's like, I don't know, that just seems like a really good way to you know, get your therapy. And we're all busy. We all have a bazillion things to do and so many responsibilities. Um, so that's awesome. It's a two for one.
1: <laughs> it is. It doesn't matter whether, whether it's virtual or in office. As long as the therapy is effective, yeah. And so far, I've I have not had, I have not received any feedback where where my clients didn't think that they um, that our sessions were weren't effective.
0: So I yeah. do have a few questions that are more mm-hmm. like, you know, help me out for for finding a therapist. So
1: okay. my first
0: one is with cost um, therapy, depending on your insurance can be expensive and so for maybe people who find it way out of their price range what are some things they can do on their own to support themselves
1: well you know there are therapists out there like myself who offer a sliding fee scale based on income okay Um, and so that's a question that they need to ask up front um and also you know there are some community-based mental health facilities that also offer, uh, therapy, um, if people want to go that route, if you just want to see somebody once a month for free, um, the community service boards, um, and there's some other, um, agencies in the community that offer sliding fee skill, um, or free therapy. Um, and what else? And teletherapy may be, there are organizations out there like BetterHelp and some others who offer teletherapy, and it may, may not be that expensive since okay. it's virtual and not in office. Those are the only two or three things I can, remember, I can remember offhand. Now, if they're in school, you know, most universities slash colleges have a behavioral health department, and they offer free therapy as
0: well. Okay. So it definitely seems like there's other resources. When you talk about um, going to more like organizations in the community, do people need doctor's referrals or can they just kind of call the organization and ask them for help?
1: Um, They usually, typically they don't need a referral. They can just call um, and ask for, um, you know, just go ahead and make an appointment or at least inquire about how they can make an appointment. Um, because of course they have qualifiers as well,
0: mm-hmm. and so
1: as long as you meet certain, a certain criteria, then they will let you know that you know the the services are free. And I also thought about um, some of the colleges or most of the colleges and universities that have an internship program um, you can acquire there because they offer free counseling as well with the, with the intern who is being supervised by a professional. Um, And sometimes you may even see the professional, the supervisor, as opposed to the intern. Um, So that's another avenue to, to use as well.
0: Awesome. And so if I wanted to encourage, if someone wanted to encourage their friend or their spouse or their partner to go to therapy, how do you even bring this conversation up? Like, is there a gentle way to say like, you know, maybe you should talk to a therapist about that? Or is that like? is that even an appropriate thing to do? What, what are your opinions? (laughs) Uh,
1: Some of the clients, some of the clients that I have, that's pretty much what happened. Uh, They were talking to their girlfriend or they were talking to a family member and they're like, you know what? You probably need to talk to a therapist Um, because now in the 21st century, especially during the pandemic um, and it's still going on a little bit now, but Therapy has become a household name like that is a tabletop discussion from from the richest person to the poorest I mean it's just across all type of psycho social economic lines um and that's what the pandemic has done for therapy, so it's not uncommon anymore it's not. The stigma is not the same, although we're still fighting in the mental health community to decrease the stigma even more. It's not as powerful. It's not as loud as it used to be. Um, Therapy is becoming more of a household name. So
0: That's great. And then hopefully, like as it becomes more of a household name, as you say, like more people will go to school for it. There'll be more therapists. There'll be less expensive. You know, people will just feel better and you know, work better in their jobs and their behavior. Um, so that's hopeful. I'm glad to hear that you think about.
1: And I'm glad you said job because it really, I remember that, you know, most organizations and businesses, they have a employee assistance program and it's called EAP. Um, and that's where you are allowed to have four to eight sessions of free therapy. So definitely check with your, you know, your HR department or talk to your supervisor about it. And and that's another way to get, to receive some free therapy.
0: Awesome. Okay. Um, so Hi. the last question, um, I feel like this is like commonplace. Someone will have a good conversation with their friend and they'll either say like, Oh, like you should be a therapist or someone will say they're going to therapy and their friend will question maybe why, like, so maybe can you explain to us, let's, let the people know that talking to your friend is not the same thing as talking to a professional therapist. And maybe can you explain some of the reasons why in case it's not clear?
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. So with friends, it's hard because friends have a tendency to tell you what to do based on their perception of life, based on their own experiences, and based on the fact that they think they know you and probably there may be some areas or some things they don't know about you. Whereas a therapist, you are in a safe and confidential environment. You don't have to worry about anyone talking, spreading gossip. Um, And you sit there and you actually talk about your feelings without someone saying, no, that's stupid or minimizing what you're, what you're thinking and trying to convince you to think in a way in which they feel comfortable with, as opposed to you coming up with your own ideas, your own perspectives in an environment where we encourage you to do that. We don't tell you what to do. Mm-hmm. We're not supposed to. We are support. Therapists are really there to help you rediscover yourself to change your narrative, change your mindset based on your goals and objectives that you have for therapy. love that. Awesome. If, yeah. I, I can't do, ugh. I have friends. I can't, I can't be there a therapist to my friends.
0: Yeah. So when your friends or family members, they come to you for advice, do you, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> do you, do you talk to them or do you, <laughs> what do you do?
1: So in the beginning, I used to try to try with my kids and they would say, mom, get me off, take me off the couch. Get me off the couch. I'm not on the couch. But um, now as I become more um, experienced in my practice, I listen and I and then I tell them, you know what? Yeah, you probably need to talk to a therapist for that. And they'll say, well, you're a therapist. And I'm like, but I'm not the right therapist for you because yeah. I I can get personal <laughs> And I don't want to get that personal. In therapy yeah. sessions, you we know, don't we don't have that that personal connection. You have a therapeutic connection, and there's a difference between the two. Therapeutic is there to massage your brain and help you come up with ideas for yourself. Whereas um, personal, you're actually listening to someone telling you what to do and how to do it, and it's based on what you've said, but it's not based on what you really want to do. So.
0: Awesome. Well, yeah, we are coming to the end. I don't know if there's anything that you want to share additionally about therapy, therapeutic process, um, finding a therapist, anything like that.
1: I just really want to encourage your listeners to have a therapist and you don't have to see a therapist that often, but it's always good to have one in your toolkit because life changes so much and societal norms are just changing constantly. And you need to have a place to go where you're not judged, but you can sit there and you can talk and you can listen and you can understand some of the reasons why your perspective, Is different, some of the reasons why you're different, but for you to be unapologetic about the way you are, therapy helps you through life, Um, unpredictable events. Um, You know, with some of my clients, I'm helping them through breakups, um, through uh, their grief, depression, anxiety, just to help them get to a better level that they are comfortable with themselves. And they're happy with themselves. And so I do strongly recommend therapy for those who just want want to listen without being judged.
0: Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming and sharing. Um, We usually end sharing a high and a low of the week. And so I don't know if you want to go first or I can go first. You go first. Okay. Um, My high will be that earlier this week, I was meeting with some friends and we just talked about how now that the pandemic's over, we're able to connect with more people in real life. And so um, I get to see two friends this weekend that I haven't seen in a really long time, some years. Uh, So (laughs) It wasn't just because of the pandemic, just because of schedules and stuff. So I'm really looking forward to that. I think that'll be really fun. Um, And then my low is I'm really sore. Like I, I've been trying to get back into working out. That was one of my goals a couple of weeks ago. And so it's a good thing that I've reached that goal, but I'm very sore right now. Um so hopefully I feel better <laughs> later on this week. Oh wow. So I'm
1: trying to think my high for this week was um being really productive at work, helping people. I love to help people. So just helping um the population that I serve and seeing some real results. Um, a friend of mine called me, well, she's not a friend. She's a client actually. And she texts me, she said, well, you know, my daughter, she's calling you. Cause I don't, if I don't recognize the number, I just let it go to voicemail. Unfortunately, sometimes I do answer, but she said, my daughter's been trying to contact you. She needs therapy. And I told her, I said, great. She said, because you fixed me. And I'm like, no, You fixed yourself. But that was my high to know that people trust me and that they serve me, you know, even to their family members. So that was, that was my high. Um, My low was, um, what was my low? I very seldom have a low. So my low was, um, oh, I know what my low was. My low was that I found out I gained two pounds. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, and so I talked to my trainer and he said, oh, well, that's probably muscle. And I'm like, I don't yeah. want the muscle. I don't want the muscle. <laughs> I want to lose a pound. Yeah. So, you know, he said, don't worry about it. It'll, it'll all work out in the end. So that was my love. Mm. So <laughs> I'm going to cut out sugar because I, yeah. I used to have smoothies every week. I mean, every day. So he told me to cut those out. So I'm kind of yeah. calmed out. For that. That's my love.
0: Then, well, that is an amazing high, though, um, to remind yes. us exactly where you work so people can find you and also be fixed as well.
1: <laughs> so I am in psychology today, as okay. well as um, therapy for Black girls. Um, my office is located at 159 Burke Street, Suite 205 in Stockbridge, Georgia, 30281. Um, I offer office visits on Tuesdays only. And then Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, I offer um, sessions, some during the day, like during lunchtime, some people, some of my clients are able to, um, to participate in sessions during their lunch, which I'm pretty open to that. But usually my standard hours in the evenings are from four to eight. Awesome. And the name of your practice one more time? And now my practice is Circle of Therapeutic Alliance and Consulting, LLC.
0: Awesome. All righty. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Naomi. I can't, or me. <laughs> thank you so much for joining me. I cannot tell you how much I appreciate it. And I think people will really benefit from listening to this episode. Well, thank you so much for thinking about me. and
1: Bye. Thanks for listening, but now we
0: want to hear from you. Follow us on IG at The Letter OK Girl Let's Talk and send us a message to let us know what you think about today's conversation and what we should talk about next.
1: Until next time.